Welcome to Across the States, the state policy-focused podcast. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today, I'm sitting down with Darcy Olson, who is the founder of Gen Justice. Darcy, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Thank you, Dan. So glad to be with you. Yeah, of course. We're so happy to have you here. Um, for those who are not aware, and we will link to um, the press release and some of the other uh, information around this event, but uh, Darcy Olson was actually the recipient of the Peterson Prize for Venture Philanthropy in December at the Alex States and Nation Policy Summit. Um, Darcy, how was it receiving that uh, award? It was incredible to be there with policymakers from all of the states at ALEC. And we're thankful, of course, to the Peterson family and what a wonderful legacy that they have set up here to help this this generation of kids. And there were 500,000 reasons, Dan, that we wanted to win that prize. And every one of those reasons has a first and a last name. We need to help these children in foster care, the kids who have been abandoned, brutally assaulted, uh, and left behind to to have families so that they can grow and reach their potential. And that's our mission. And it's a really awesome mission. And I think our listeners who are mostly either state legislators across the country or highly enthused state policy uh, wonks, I guess I could call them, um, across the country are very interested in what gen justice is. But maybe some of our listeners aren't sure or maybe they aren't aware of gen justice at all what would you say Gen Justice is? Gen Justice is an organization that is devoted to the children who are in the state foster care systems. Uh, and those are the kids who have been abandoned, sexually abused, uh, brutally physically abused, uh, so badly that they've had to leave their homes and relatives haven't been able to be found. And so they're in state care. And you've got about a half million kids in the system each year. And the outcomes for these kids would chill you to the bone. And so we are here to change those outcomes for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, sticking up for kids is such an important uh, thing in our our society and our culture. Um, So what are some of the biggest problems uh, that you guys are are fighting against, maybe in a practical way uh, or even in an idyllic way, what what is uh, the dragon you are trying to slay? Let's say if you could snap your finger and, and have your, your policy changed, what might that be? Well, every 15 minutes in this country, a baby will be born exposed to drugs. And we're talking hardcore drugs like meth. We've never had this kind of drug abuse or so many kids being born to people who are not able to parent them. So these kids are flooding the system, and when they get into the system, they lack the constitutional protections that really shield the rest of us from government abuse. So the first thing I would draw people's attention to is that the fatality rates are rising across country, these children dying. And when we were kids and we would read a story about a child who was locked in a bedroom or a closet and something horrible happened and they died, I don't know about you, but I always thought, well, nobody knew about that child. And so that's why it happened. As it turns out, more than half of the kids in this country who are abused to death each year are known to authorities. But child protection has failed to protect them. So they're brought into the system. The neighbors are making the 911 calls. The teachers are calling in and saying, you know, I had a kid show up with a broken arm, that sort of thing. 
but the officials are sending them home or not taking them out of harm's way. So we know about these kids, but government is failing to protect them. So the first thing we're trying to do is protect the liberty and life interests of these very vulnerable uh, victims of these child victims of crime. Yeah. Um, What made you want to take up this charge, Darcy? I know this is a very important um, issue and something that, you know, you're you're starting on this brand new organization based in Arizona to fight uh, these issues and these injustices across the country. Um, What made you want to take up the charge? Well, about 10 years ago, Dan, I became a foster parent. And once you've seen this system, you can't unsee it. And I think that most people who have been foster parents feel this way. Many of your listeners are people who have taken in neighbors' kids, their grandkids, um, their brothers or sisters' children. The the drug crisis is affecting almost every family that that you speak with in some way, even if it's a distant relative. Um, so those those people who have been touched by this want to do something about it. And with my background, having having run the Goldwater Institute for so many years, having led the right to try movement, which became a federal law and is is helping people with terminal illnesses to get medicines they need. I couldn't I couldn't look away from this, knowing that we have solutions to protect the lives of these children, and that I was in a position to to uh, be able to usher in some of these reforms. So. Uh, so it started off, you know, because I saw it from the inside out. And if I could just give you one anecdote for, Please, for our listeners today, this shocked me. I, I went into a hearing for one of the meth exposed and abandoned babies that I was fostering. And in the hearing, the local judge opened up by admonishing everybody in the courtroom and saying, I'd like to remind everyone that mother's rights are constitutional, right? The right to parent but babies' rights are only statutory. Now, Dan, you and I know what it means to have a constitution to protect your rights. And yeah. this is one of the things that makes America so so special, right? It's just the individual protections for every individual. And the fact that the judge acknowledged that the rights of the kids were statutory, statutory rights are what we extend to dogs and cats and pets in this country. Mm. And it's um, that is at heart why so many of these children are dying, why they are trafficked, and why they suffer the way that they do. Uh, and it's it's these their rights, uh, their constitutional protections. Uh, they are built into the constitution, but do need to be vindicated. And so that is a piece of our mission: is is fundamentally vindicating their rights to be protected also by the constitution, not just the parent, but also the abuse victim. Yeah. Well, and you know, I would hope many of our listeners are highly interested in constitutional rights and having them fully protected and extended. Um, but also, I know our listeners are highly interested, especially our state legislators, are interested in hearing solutions, right? That's why ALEC members do what they do. They lean on each other and they learn from each other. Um, you mentioned how important solutions are to you to protect these children um, for the state legislators listening and the state legislators across the country, what would you want them to hear in this podcast for a solution? What would be something that you would love for them to either consider or either to think about and take into their own state house? What's something that state legislators need to do? 
Well, we invite anyone to reach out to us anytime at genjustice.org or info at genjustice.org, and we will help as much as possible. In two years' time, we've been able to move seven reforms in a bipartisan manner across two states. Um, and the we, you know, the first year we only had a single dissenting vote. And what that's telling legislators is no matter what party you come from, people do share a heart for protecting the lives of children. This is one of the few issues where the solutions really are bipartisan. I would say that the means are are conservative in the sense that we know that the best solution for children isn't a system. It is a family. And there is agreement on the principles that we support. First, we believe in finding relatives if at all possible. So we have bills expediting the search for relatives. And the second area where we found agreement is if you can't find relatives and you've done your due diligence, for heaven's sake, if a child or one of these infants has been in a home for nine months or a year with a foster family, at that point, let's have the law recognize that the foster family is the equivalent of a relative or kin. So that if that child does go up for adoption, the child has the ability to stay, in most cases, with the only family it's ever known. So we really want relatives to be found, but if in the event that they are not found, we we have created a system where the where the foster families, these good loving families, can become like kin and can be first in line to adopt these little ones. So there's there that is helping to get these kids in and out of the system in about half the time that it was taking before. But we also have reforms for some of the older kids, Dan. If you've got a minute, I'll, I'd love to Please. tell you about one. I'm sure our listeners would be interested. This is so important and it relates to education. So all of the listeners out there know that kids in foster care have dire educational outcomes. Only 3% go to college. One of the reasons for this is that half of these kids have special learning needs, whether by trauma or drug exposure or for whatever the reason. But what we discovered, Dan, is that many of these kids are unable to get the special education supports in school that they are entitled to under federal law simply because they don't have a parent who can sign the paperwork. And so by definition, if you're in foster care, a lot of times you're, you know, you only have one parent, the parents on drugs and not reachable. So we changed the law in Arizona and we, we are helping in other states where it says if a parent refuses to usher in services, they do have that right. It is their, it is their right as a parent, but mostly they can't be found. And what will happen and what is happening is the foster parent or the child protection agency can sign the form so the child can be assessed their special learning needs and they can get the supports that they need in school to thrive, you know, not just survive, but to thrive. And that's critical because for the average kid in foster care, they're in there for four years. Oh, wow. So let's give these kids a chance. Yeah, totally. Um, to clarify some of the rights protections, we can call them to some of our, we'll go, we'll call this the wonkier part of the podcast. Um, can you essentially define uh, the two ends of your argument when it comes to constitutional and statutory rights. So what I mean by that is it's kind of a twofold question to maybe the person out there who's saying, oh, well, yeah, statutory rights are enough. How, how, how are they wrong? And then maybe to the person who would say, 
extending constitutional rights to uh, children goes too far because, uh, I don't know, just off the top of my head, uh, and I'm not saying you're, you're doing this, but they might, one person might argue that, oh, well, when you, if you extended constitutional rights to a child all the way, then a child could sue their uh, guardian or parent for um, imprisonment or something like that because they've been grounded over the weekend. Um, you know, to maybe just provide a little more nuance um, to some of our listeners who are still understanding um, what this solution would be. I'm so glad that you asked that question. So when I began to explain this, I think that it's easy to hear this issue as parents versus children. And it really is, it's it's really about protecting parents and kids. It's not, it's not an or, it's an and. So parents also need to be protected from abuses of these child protection agencies, right? Search warrants before a protection agency goes into your house. There are all kinds of protections that parents need, and many are built into the Constitution. So they have the right to due process. They have the right to a court-appointed attorney and things like that. So uh, those things do need to be enforced better, and the rights can be strengthened. But by and large, most of those rights are secure and intact and protected under U.S. Supreme Court decisions. Uh, Whereas for children, for instance, in half of the states, children don't even have an attorney. So here they are in a victim, a victim say of, um, of incest, and they don't even have an attorney in the courtroom. And in fact, Dan, what, what it means to only have statutory rights is that, uh, these kids, if you are raped by a parent, the very first thing the state goes to do is to reunify you with your pedophile. And there's an entire curriculum in the state of Pennsylvania that teaches social workers how to do do that. And I wish that I were exaggerating, but I'm not. Um, these laws are very archaic. They emanate from several hundred years ago. And, you know, in many countries, it's still legal to, to sell your children. Uh, and back when we founded our country, you could execute your child if they were stubborn, you know, under some Massachusetts laws. I mean, very, very archaic things nobody would agree with. Sure. And as soon as people are exposed to the laws, they realize, oh my goodness, we, we need to update yeah. this. So nobody nobody's defending these laws as they are, but but they do need to be updated. And that's why this this these laws are going in such a quick bipartisan fashion because it it just makes sense. Everyone needs protection from um from these kinds of horrible abuses and also from agencies that would overreach their power. I, th- I think that's a great um, way to sum up your argument here uh, with Gen Justice. So I've been sitting down with Darcy Olson, the founder of Gen Justice, an organization trying to support and extend constitutional rights toward, I guess, everyone, babies, children, people in foster care, all the above, trying to make sure that everyone has the equal opportunity that we talk about here in America. Darcy, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast today. Oh, appreciate all that you do at Alec and in spreading the good word about these policies that can really change the lives and safeguard these kids. Well, we we do it, you know, hand in hand with folks like you, Darcy. So thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast. And if you, one of our listeners, would like to be featured on the podcast, please do not hesitate and email us at across the states at alec.org to have your issue or idea featured on the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm Dan Reynolds, your host. 
Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council. 